All right, so we've been running a series in our second services and um, at the midweek recharge services, that's on wet days, on breaking into power circles. Has it been worth it? Has it been worth it? Has it been helpful? All right, so this morning um, we're going um, deeper in that discourse, right? On Wednesday, we started out talking about the instructions for breaking into power circles. In life, um, we don't really rise just by counsel. We rise by instruction. We rise by instruction. That's why, you know, in the school of aviation, you don't have counselors. You have instructors. In the school of aviation, their teachers, their lecturers are referred to as instructors, right? An instructor is someone that tells you what to do. It simply means your opinion, right, as regards flying an aircraft does not matter. If you want to fly an aircraft, there are procedures. There, are, there is a checklist. There are things you must pay attention to, right? And if you want to be a licensed pilot, you must follow instruction. You cannot say, ah, no, this is the way I like to fly. When you buy your own aircraft and you are ready to die, <laughs> you can decide to do it your own way. But as long as human beings, right, their lives are in your hands and you are a licensed pilot, you must follow instructions. You must follow instructions. And in the same way, we need to understand that for everything God has in store for us as a people, there are instructions we must obey in order to walk in the reality of those blessings. Many believers, the missing link between prophecy and reality, right, is obedience to instructions. Obedience to instructions. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13, the Bible says that um, God will make us the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And for many people, that is where we stop. But you see, that verse went on to say that if, uh, if you are unto the commandment of the Lord your God, not to the opinions, not to the ideas, not to the counsel, but to the commandment. And the word they use there is if. That is, the blessing, the preceding blessing is largely predicated on the instruction. It means if you don't obey the commandment, you will not be the head. You can confess it till eternity. You can fast and pray. But if you don't find out the instruction that is needed, right, to walk in the reality of that promise, that prophecy can become a source of frustration. So you and I, in every area of our lives, we need to say any area of struggle is an area where you have not discovered or obeyed God's instruction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For instance, someone is struggling financially, struggling with their health, struggling with their career. You need to find out what are the instructions, right, that I need to obey in order to walk in the reality of that which God has promised. This morning, I want us to start out from Revelations 11 and verse 12. Revelations 11 and verse 12. I want us to see the scripture. Revelations 11 and verse 12. The Bible says, And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up either. The Bible says, And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. The voice said, Come up either. But it was not just a voice. They experienced what the voice had said. When they had it, they lived it. 
when they add it, they experienced it. The Bible says the boy said, come up either. And afterwards, they ascended. And the Bible says their enemies beheld them. That is, their enemies saw it. I think that was how the New King James Version put it. It says their enemies saw them. I decree and I declare that for somebody, right in the presence of your enemies, God will lift you. In the name of Jesus. Everyone that has said you have come this far, you will go no further. They will see you ascend. They will see you ascend. They will see you rise. They will see you experiencing lifted. In the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that might have held you back, it might be an attitude, it might be a habit, it might even be maybe an affliction or whatever. But I decree and declare that everything that has stopped your ascension, that from today loses its grip over you. In the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says it prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I love the way Apostle Promise said it when he came. He said the reason is so that when you finish eating, some people can pack the plates. <laughs> so stop praying for your enemies to die. They need to pack your place. They need to see you rise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people need to, need to see you rise. You see, if there is no failure, success will have no meaning. The reason why we appreciate wisdom is because there is foolishness in manifestation. So some people need to see what God wants to do in your life. And I decree and declare this season they will see it. They will see it. That house they say you will not build, you will build it. That car you will drive it. That marriage you will have it. Those children you will carry them. That admission you will get it. That visa it will come. In the name of Jesus. Those doors will be opened. And nothing will be able to shut it. You know, Jesus said that he's able to open a door that no man can shut. And he's able to shut a door no man can open. Why? Because he has access to all the keys. I decree and I declare every door that is meant to have been opened, that has been shut either to. I said, let them begin to open right now. In the name of Jesus. As we step into the month of September, in the next couple of days, the month of September, October, November, and December, there will be better days. There will be days to remember. It will be a September to remember. You will remember it for good. You will remember it for lifting. You will remember it for advancement. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare every evil the enemy is planning will be rerouted. In the name of Jesus, evil will avoid you. The Bible says the children of Israel, they were in Egypt. Together with the Egyptians in the same nation. But when the angel of death came, it knew the address to go to. The angel didn't make a mistake. It went to where it was supposed to go to. I decree and declare. Because the Bible says it shall preserve you in your going out and in your coming in. I decree and declare this year you are preserved. You are protected. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. In the name of Jesus. Every programmed evil will avoid you. In the name of Jesus. So what are your instructions for breaking into past circles? If you've not been a part of this series, I'd encourage you. I think today is part five right go to the website download the messages they are there for free right or if you prefer the visuals go to youtube and watch it they are there get it and listen to it right it's not just enough to have the messages on your phone i I have all church messages on my phone nobody's life changes by what they have it's by what they put to work you are not even blessed by what you hear you are blessed by what you do you are blessed by what you do. Am I making sense? A student that knows that he's supposed to write an exam, that by writing the exam, you will get to the next level, right? He reads. 
or she reads, but decides not to go for the exam and says, at least I know it. That student will fail blatantly. So it's not about what you know. You need to write the exams of life. Right? You need to put the word to work. So what are the instructions? Number one, we said you need to identify the area of influence right, that you want to break into. You can't just break into every circle. You can't just break into every sphere of influence. And we said the power circle, right, is a group of people, right, who control an industry, a sector. And that's what the Bible was saying when it says you shall be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. It simply means as a believer, wherever you find yourself, you should be a voice and not an echo. You should be a head. You should be a deciding factor. When decisions are going to be made in your industry, you should be a voice. They should consult you. You should not just be an echo. You should not do things after everybody. You should not be trying to play the catch-up game. The world should come to learn from you. The Bible says the queen of Sheba came, traveled miles upon miles to visit Solomon, to sit and learn at his feet. And the Bible says when the queen of Sheba came, she said, wow, in spite of everything I've heard about you, even half was not told me. Even half was not told me. Even half. Why? Because Solomon was a voice. He was a voice. The world wanted to hear his opinion. Don't be like the poor wise man that helps the city but is forgotten. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants you to be above. And remember, everyone that is above today, they were not always above. Everyone who is part of the top 10% today, they were once part of the bottom 90%. If they can get there, you can get there. Because the Bible says the same God is rich unto all that call upon him. So as a believer, you are not created for a life of survival. You are created for a life of significance. Never forget that. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 31 to 33, it says, don't think about what to eat, what to drink, what to put on. He says, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. He didn't say your heavenly father knows you want these things. He says he knows that they are needs. They are genuine needs. He said, but don't let it be the priority of your existence. Don't let that be what you are living for. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added unto you. What that simply means is that find out God's way of getting things done. Find out God's way of doing things. It says when you find it out and you apply yourself to the workings of those things, you see, then your profiting will appear unto all. The things that other people are running after, they will start gravitating towards you. It is not right as a believer to be running after things. It is not right. That's what the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say you will run after goodness and mercy. If you are where you are supposed to be, your blessing is in your positioning. Your blessing is in your positioning. There is no limitation to allocations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is no limitation to allocation. Right? If you are where you are supposed to be per time, whatever it is that you need, according to kingdom agenda, kingdom plan, it will come to you. It will come to you. And remember, why do we need to break into power circles? Number one is to be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. As believers, we are not blessed so that we can pepper people. We don't pepper people with what? We ginger them. Praise God. <laughs> you are good students. <laughs> you don't pepper them. You know, we need to stop this, a, this ideology of Christianity. Right? That God bless me so I can show off. So I can pepper people. So that we know the Lord is good. We already know God is good. Probably you are the one that was not aware. You were oblivious all along. We know. We know. We know. And you see, let me tell you, God should not only be good because he does things for you. 
God should only be good. You should come to that awareness because you have an understanding of his character. That's what the wife of Job did not understand. She said, we have lost everything. Why are you still trusting God? Cause God and die. Why are you still holding on to your faith? And Job said, no, you don't talk like that. It is foolish women that speak this way. Don't talk like that. At the end of the day, everything he lost, he regained. Everything was restored. Perhaps we have lost anything this year. I say it's your season of restoration. In the name of Jesus, lost opportunities are coming back. Lost jobs are coming back. Lost clients are coming back. In the name of Jesus, it will come back in a dimension that it will be as if they never left. In the name of Jesus. Somebody didn't hear what I just said. God will bring about a restoration in this season that it will seem as if it never left. You see, let me tell you this. When you restore according to human standard, it's like you are trying to bring back. So for instance, if you, another word for restore is like, let me use the word refurbish. Right? Maybe you have a couch. You'll be using the couch for long and you try to restore the chair. Right? Um, you might, some people might see the chair and say, ah, no, this looks like the chair you were using before, you know. But when God restores, right, he's not trying to upgrade the old. He's bringing in the new that will compensate for the lost time. That is God's restoration. I decree and I declare, in this season somebody's experiencing restoration. Lost time is being restored. Lost opportunities are being restored. Lost relationships are being restored. In the name of Jesus. So identify that sphere of influence God has called you into. Is it family? Is it economy? Is it arts and entertainment? You know, there was a time that people believed, you know, and I want to believe that you are not part of those. If you've been a part of this series, of course, you can no longer be part of those people. And you believe that, you know, as a Christian, you know, there are industries you don't go to. You know, some people even believe as a Christian, you should not be an actor or actress. Are you like that this morning? Mm. Let me tell you, some of those people, they are the ones who influence your ideologies the most. You think you have been entertained, you have been reprogrammed without knowing. You have been reprogrammed, right? So is it media, is it culture, wherever it is, you need to identify and stay there. Number two, you need to be deeply spiritual. You need to be deeply spiritual. You need to be deeply spiritual. If you are going to break into power circles, you need to be deeply spiritual. To get to the top and stay at the top, you are either diabolical or you are spiritual. Let me tell you this. The people at the top may not tell you, but I'm privileged to know a few. There is nobody that is at the top and who has stayed there for a while, right? Who is not either deeply diabolical, right? Or seriously occultic or deeply spiritual. I'm trying to create a difference because it's also a dimension of spirituality when you are occultic. Right? But what we're talking about is the spirituality of we're talking about. So what does it mean to be spiritual? Like I said at the midweek retreat, it's not being judgmental. You know, some people are <laughs> using the, they are judges. There's no English like that. They are judges. <laughs> you know, they look at people. Mm. Some people are sin sniffers. Sinners present. Mm, fornicators are around. Some people, that's not what it means to be spiritual. The fact that you don't use jewelry does not mean you are spiritual. You can be the vilest of most sinners. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What does it mean to be spiritual? It means to have authority with God and with man. That's what it means to be spiritual. The Bible says concerning Jacob, after he wrestled with the angel, the Bible says, at the, at, the, at the break of the dawn, the angel looked at him and said, you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. 
understand what it means to be spiritual. To be spiritual simply means you have authority in the realm of the spirit. You are able to say something and it happens. You are able to say something and it happens. That's why the Bible says you shall decree a thing and it will be established unto you and light will shine upon your path. Job 22, I think verse 29, 28 or 29. You shall decree a thing. But you and I know it's not everybody that decrees a thing and it comes to pass. Because in the realm of the spirit, they recognize voices. That's why the sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says they had had Paul, you see, they had seen him ostracized, you know, cast out demons. They, they, they've seen him do those things. So the Bible says these first, um, seven guys, probably their father didn't teach them well because they were children of one man. Sons of Sceva, stupid sons. The Bible says that in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, they didn't even say in the name of Jesus. It means they didn't know the Jesus. And the demon said, eh, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? It means in the realm of the spirit, you have no license plate. We don't even know you exist. The Bible says... The <laughs> so the demon left the one man and possessed seven people. The Bible says they ran out naked. The demons dealt with them. So before you try to ascend certain heights in the marketplace, I want you to understand that the higher you rise, the more spiritual you must become. Many people, when they see people at the top, all they see is suit and tie. A man in suits. Behind those Amani suits, there are some spiritual cooking you are not seeing. Let me tell you this. Because people's spirituality is a private affair, so it is not, dis- it is not displayed. But let me tell you, don't get it twisted. There is nobody that is at the top that is not spiritual. Nobody. 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 And that's why as a believer, to be unspiritual is to be a victim of life. To be unspiritual is to be a victim of the marketplace. This life of not having a personal prayer life. You see, I was talking with one of some of our leaders yesterday. I said, there is not, you see, thank God for corporate prayers and all those things. You know, there are so many online prayers now, people joining, you know, whether, you know, let me just leave that for another day. You know, some people have online pastors now. There is nothing like that. Let me tell you, as a believer, you see, being a Christian is being part of a family. A pastor is a shepherd. A sheep does not have more than one shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are a member of this house, right, and to be a member simply means you have gone through a membership school, you have identified yourself as a member, you are committed to the vision of the gateway church. I can't be your pastor and someone else is your pastor. A sheep does not have more than one shepherd. It is confusion. Am I making sense? Uh, it's not for me, it is for you. The reason a lot of believers are stalled in life uh, is because they are confused. A madman is a man that has too many voices in his head. You see, when the Bible says in Isaiah 30 and verse 20 or 21, and it says, You will hear a word behind you saying, This is the goal. Walk in it when you turn to the left and when you turn to the right. It was not even talking about the voice of God. If you read the preceding verse in verse 20, it says, Your teacher is no longer going to be, is no longer, will, will no longer be withdrawn to a corner. It said, But you shall see your teachers. So the voice that the Holy Spirit speaks to you through is through the voice of the one you are submitted to. He said, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but your heart shall see your teachers. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Look, can't be see, when I, I know there's this common belief now and ideology to people say, you know, my relationship with God is personal. It's personal. You know, I don't need to be a part of any church. It's personal. There is nothing like that. When you give back to a child in the hospital, do you leave the child in the hospital? 
No, you don't. You carry the child to a home. Is it that an orphanage or a family? If you, are, if you proclaim to be a Christian and you don't have a church, a spiritual family, you are an orphan. And let me tell you this, being an orphan is not a good thing. Nobody prays to be one. Even older people, when their parents die, it's obvious this man is about to die. They still cry. Why? Because they know, ah! My parents are living. While the grandchildren are dancing. <laughs> and they are spraying money. They, they are thinking about the absence of their parents. It is not good uh, not to have a covering. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the fact that something is trending and it is popular does not make it right. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't make it right. So you need to be deeply spiritual. You need to be deeply spiritual. You need to be deeply spiritual. Deeply spiritual. Make your personal, your spiritual growth a priority. I said all that to say this. All those prayers cannot substitute your personal prayer life. Online prayer, 6 a.m. prayer cannot substitute your personal prayer life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must have a personal relationship with God. Intimacy is built in private, not in public. You don't build intimacy in a crowd. You don't build intimacy with people. You build it one-on-one. Thank God for what happens corporately. But there must be a time in your life that you know this is me and God's time. That even God knows. Even God knows. You know, lately I've been so busy, you know, and I began to miss out on my prayer time, you know, when I wake up. So I checked the alarm on my phone and I labeled it as God is waiting. So when the alarm goes away, I say God is waiting. Do you want to keep God standing? So I just, God is, ah, God, I'm here. God is waiting. God is waiting. This lifestyle of, you know, pray today, not pray until one month later, you know, for God you understand. Yes, he understands you are not wired for the top. That's what he understands. That God you know now, you know, this Lagos, this Lagos. <laughs> Let me tell you, those who are rising in this Lagos, they will not tell you they are spiritual. They are spiritual. Is it that you bow before God or bow before men? Is it that you bow before God or bow before men? Yesterday, you know, um, one of the amazing things that has happened, maybe never happened, I don't know, you know, the coronation of the Olu of Wari yesterday. 37-year-old guy, committed to God, dedicating his crown. For the first time, a monarch in Nigeria, traditional monarch's crown, had the cross. But you know what? He has been in isolation for 90 days before coronation. 90 days. Without wife, without children, 90 days. Because you can't step into certain places without being spiritual. For 90 days. You, three days, you can't. I say, Father, lift me. You better know what you are praying for. That's why people rise and they don't stay there. Because they, you see, the wind that blows at 30,000 feet above sea level is not the same wind that blows when you are in the upstairs of your house. I hope you know. The winds are not the same. <laughs> Praise God. You know, forget about all those movies that you just jump out from an aircraft and you are just gliding. You jump out at 30,000, 40,000, you are dead before you even get to 20,000 feet. You are dead. That's why they tell you, don't practice this at all. Because it's not real. So many of us want to operate at 30,000, 40,000 feet above sea level with the spiritual strength of 5,000 feet. In fact, of sea level. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. 
is one of the reasons why in spite of so many people's prayer, because God loves you, he wants to satisfy you with long life. So let me tell you this, for some people, the only way they can live long is to keep them at survival level. That's just the truth. Because to expose you to certain things is to expose you to demons you don't have the capacity to handle. When Daniel rose to the position of a governor in Babylon, the Bible says he prayed and his prayer was in that until he dealt with the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia was not a local demon. It was not a village demon. This was the demon that was in charge of the whole nation. It was a prince. And until that demon was dealt with, Daniel wouldn't have been able to do what he did in Babylon. It's good to have good intentions. But good intention without a strong spiritual backup will lead to frustration. Be deeply spiritual. Be deeply spiritual. Be deeply spiritual. Number three, develop competence. These are instructions. These are not counsels. If you want to break into power circles, if you want to rise to the topmost top in your field, in your industry, in life and in the marketplace, number three, develop competence. Develop competence. Let me tell you, anywhere, any space you want to occupy, there are people who are already in those spaces. There are people who are already in those spaces. There will never be a vacant land. Never. In the realm of the spirit. And you see, for you to displace the people that are there, one of your access cards is competence. The first time David entered into the palace, even though he had been anointed king, over the nation, he was sent back to the wilderness. You know what gave him access into the palace? His competence. The Bible says that Saul had the problem of depression, right? And they said, you know what? The only way we can deal with this is through play, creating the right atmosphere, right? By getting somebody that can play the app. And they did not just say play the app, they said someone that can play it so well. I think that's 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says somebody that can play it so well. And they say, you know what? There is one guy that can do that. His name is David. He doesn't just know how to play. He knows how to play well. That's what you are doing. If you are a makeup artist, don't just be a makeup artist. Be a competent makeup artist. Don't let one brow face the east and the other one is facing southeast. And we are wondering, is this intentional? Is this a sinister agenda? Do you have something against the bride? Did she marry your friend's ex, you know, don't look at something and be wondering, ah, what's happening here? If you are a carpenter, let the four legs of the chair, let it touch the ground. None should be suspended in space. It's not a space chair. It's meant to be on the earth. Gravity should be put in consideration. If you are an accountant, accounts should balance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody say, ah, I don't even know, you know, I don't even know. Eh, ah, did, you, did you take money from Hydra? I don't even know. I don't know. No, demons took it because they spend money in the realm of the spirits. I hear what I'm saying. If you are a doctor, chook, syringe well. <laughs> Whatever you guys do. Praise God. Because to beat the best, you have to be the best. The people that in power circles, they are already the best at what they do. In order for you to gain access into those places, you have to have a greater level of competence. Spirituality and mediocrity are not synonymous. Don't just be speaking in tongues and your tongues do not reflect in your work. Some people can speak so much in tongues, like I always tell us, that even angels are intimidated that, wow, we should copy these guys' tongues. But in the workplace, they are mediocres. Mediocres. Their boss cannot commit anything into their hand except what they plan to fail. They say, ah, this project, we want to crash it, but we don't know how to crash it. Give it to him, he will crash it. It's his nature. He can pray in tongues, but everything fails in his hands. 
I decree and declare from today, nothing will die in your hands. In the name of Jesus. Everything your hands touches will multiply. In the name of Jesus. So develop competence. And competence does not come through impartation. You can't desire to be an astronaut now. You know, say, Pastor, I want to be an astronaut. I will say, go to the school. I will first ask for your age. Because there is a particular age. Once you cross, you can never be an astronaut anymore. Never. Because that programming starts from a particular age bracket. Or else they want to send you to space to destroy, <laughs> to forget you. <laughs> I first ask, how old are you? You know, people have mystical dreams. Dreams that are not realistic. You know? <laughs> Being a pastor makes you hear so many things. And you have no choice. You have to hear everything. But some people don't like to hear the truth. Say, so pastor, after sharing the news, I say, pastor, lay hands on me. I can't impart astronomical skills. Huh? Or aeronautic or whatever. If you want to be a pilot, you go to school of aviation. Everything now for every believer. Pastor, just lay hands on me. Just lay hands on me. No, go to school. Learn it. <laughs> Imagine you want to fly. You want to go on vacation. Ah, huh? And the pilot, with all those things, they always say that sometimes you don't hear. Maybe it's deliberate. We don't even know. <laughs> they say, you know what? I've never been to the school of aviation, but I was imparted yesterday by Pastor Adeboye. Don't worry. We'll... You will still fly. <laughs> or the Pope laid down the mille, leg laid everything, but don't worry. We'll... I said, Oga, oh, please, let me come down. I'd rather lose the money than lose my life. I can buy another ticket. Or somebody wants to conduct surgery on you. And he says, oh, you know, sister is you. And you know, he said, ah, you are church members. And you know this person has never been to medical school. But he said, you know what? Seven days of unprecedented breakthrough. I received impartation for surgery. You will lie down there. Develop competence. Develop competence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A believer should be the most competent in whatever field he finds himself or herself. Develop competence. Next. Are you getting something out of this? You know the Bible says concerning Daniel and his friends. The Bible says they were found to be ten times better. It means your competence is measurable. And it means you are not the one that without us you are competent. It's the marketplace. I don't know that. No, I'm competent. I'm competent. I'm good. Let the marketplace confirm it. Next. Be highly knowledgeable. Highly knowledgeable. Highly knowledgeable. Hosea 4 and verse 6, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hmm. I want us to have it on the screen. Can we read it together one to go? Let's all look at the screen. Can we read it together one to go? My people are destroyed. Why? Because the demon is at work. For what? Lack of knowledge. That is one of the major problems of the African man. It now makes it worse as an African believer. Especially if we are given to mysticism. You know, when people say, let me tell you this, it's not everything about God that God wants to hide from you. The Bible says, because what? Let's keep reading. Because you have what? This is God speaking. He said, because you have rejected knowledge. What will also happen? How also God is saying that your level of acceptance and rejection with me is based on your level of knowledge. Don't be a dumb dumb. Be knowledgeable. God, you see, this is not the devil. Or this is not the king. This is God. 
saying to the children of Israel, through us and the prophet, he said, because we have rejected knowledge. It means God, what does it mean to reject knowledge? He said, oh, is it about this book, book, book? How do they say those nonsense? There is a level of life you can be saying those nonsense. There are levels you can't be saying that. He said, my people are destroyed. I think it's Isaiah 5, 13 there about. He says, my people are gone into captivity because they lack knowledge. Many of the captivity people are dealing with are not village people. It is your ignorance. It's your ignorance. He said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. I also have rejected you. Why? Because you rejected knowledge. How did you reject this? You felt it's not important. As a believer, pray. But as a believer, as you are praying, also be reading. As you are reading and praying, go for courses. You must have a budget for mental development. Am I making sense? Don't just dress your body, dress your brain. Your head should not be a burden on your body. An empty head is a burden on the shoulder. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You should not look so good and when you open your mouth, they are wondering, ah, ah, with all this beauty and dapper, depressed dressing, ah, all sense. A believer has to be knowledgeable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? At the age of 12, the Bible says Jesus went to the teachers of the law the professors of his day and he was asking them questions such that they looked at him and said are you sure you are 12 in matthew chapter 4 the bible says that when the tempter came to tempt jesus jesus said it is written it is written how did he know what was written because he read it because he read it i was like i'm not the reading type fine you're also not the greatness type there is a level you can never rise to in life if you are not knowledgeable don't let anybody kid you this is a church of balance. I believe you know. I believe in the prophetic. I believe in impartation. I believe in all those things. But there are things you must do. Every miracle has a man part and a God part. When you have done your own part, then you commit God to doing his own part. Any prayer that makes God ultimately responsible for the outcomes of your life is a useless prayer. It is. It is. It is. You can't be trusting God for promotion at work and you are not upgrading yourself. Some people, they've been at work. You've been doing that work for years. No promotion. You're not developing yourself. No skill ladder. Nothing. They now want girl that just finished from school. She now comes in. They now promote her ahead of you. You're now saying this is unfair. Ah, if you two have a business, who will you promote? Sometimes you need to think like the owners of the corporation. In life, it's only in civil service they reward you for longevity. In life, you are rewarded for value added. And you can't add value beyond your level of knowledge. You can't give what you don't have. It is input that determines output. What you don't feed your brain with, it can't come out of your mouth. It can't. It can't. It can't. Those many believe <laughs> this scripture, they take it out of context. I've seen preachers take it out of context. He said, God said, open your mouth and I will feel it. Just read the Bible and pray. When you stand on the pulpit, God will fill your mouth. Say, wow. Amazing. Amazing. God cannot speak through an empty head. He can't. Revelation works with information. Inspiration works with what you have stored on the inside. See, certain ideas cannot come to many believers because we don't even have a knowledge base that can undo those ideas. We don't have the knowledge base. 
And some of us, if God reveals an invention to you, you can't even understand it. Because you don't have the knowledge base to understand such innovation. You can't. Be knowledge. And in this age and time, you don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. If you can't afford printed, we can get online books. I remember as a student, sometimes I would travel. Travel to buy one book and go back to school. <laughs> I was that crazy. Travel. From a young age, I started building a library. Be highly knowledgeable. A percentage of your income must go to your mental development every month. Every money should not be spent. If you are a member of this house, you already know that, right? Every money can be spent. Some you save. Some you invest. Not just invest in properties, you know, and all those things, you know, assets. Invest in yourself. A fool and his money are soon parted. Many have not invested. They don't even know how to recognize opportunities. You just say, ah, investment, investment. Put your money there. I've been there. So when I say some of these things, I'm saying it from a point of passion and understanding. I remember when we just got married, a friend of mine was doing a part, you know, again, a particular investment vehicle. I was just like, wow. And the guy was making money. I said, wow, good. <laughs> I put all our savings. Hundreds of thousands. The money went. Thank God I married a good wife. I passed with it. Ah, if we put this one, say, can't you see what it was? See, see, just what this car let's buy. Till date, I've not seen the money. Because I was a fool when it came to financial matters. You can also be a fool now. It's not an insult. But make sure you become wise. See, one of the things that will change your life is the day you look at yourself in the mirror. Ah, and you can tell yourself the truth. If you are not smart, don't say, I'm the smartest of the God kind. You are deceiving yourself. You know you are not. You know, a lot of things that believe that, even when you ask yourself, what did I just say? It has no practical meaning. The smartest of the God kind. <laughs> but we coin those words and it sounds deeply spiritual. Even if God asks you, so what do you mean? Uh, say, God, only you know. <laughs> Be highly knowledgeable. Praise God. In Daniel and verse 2, Daniel said, I, Daniel, understood by books. I understood by books. I understood by books. Proverbs 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. Second Peter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, it says, add knowledge. Add knowledge. Add knowledge. To your faith, add knowledge. Don't just say I'm a man of faith. One of the ways we know you have faith is that you are adding knowledge to your faith. You are adding knowledge to your faith. Faith works with knowledge. What you believe God for is largely predicated on what you have an idea of. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I have a budget for learning. I have a budget for learning. I have a budget for learning. That's why even in the marketplace, people are paid in direct proportion to what they believe they know. How do they believe you know it? Through the certification. If you have BSE accounting, you can't be earning the same thing as somebody who has ACCA. That's the accounting certification, right? You can't. They just, and let me tell you this. The truth is, the person who has BSE might know more than the person who has ACCA. But the marketplace can't prove what you know. They can't dissect your brain and be checking what you know. 
It is through the certification. Your certification is the proof that you are knowledgeable. So don't just read books. Go for certifications. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you notice that in places, even when they want to introduce some people, they read profile. An alumni of this one, this one, they are trying to tell you this is not an ordinary person. They will not say, want to introduce this person. His name is Akitola Samo. He knows about accounting. He knows about management. What's the proof? The only way you can prove to us, huh? we can say certification is not, is not necessary in this age and time again, is what you know. Ah, don't deceive yourself. Oh. If they are deceiving you, don't deceive yourself. That's what it means. You don't understand Yoruba. I'm sorry. I don't know why that came out. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Number six, develop social intelligence. Develop social intelligence. Develop social... If you are going to break into power circles, you need social intelligence. Somebody say social intelligence. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need social intelligence. It is foolishness to make enemies through life. You will always have enemies, but don't be the one making them. Because everything that God will do for you on this earth, He will do through people. Many people have made enemies out of their helpers of destiny. Let me tell you, there are times you even know that this person is my enemy. And I will show us in the scriptures. You know this person is my enemy. But you know that this person, I'm going to pass through the route of this person. Uh, you don't treat the person as an enemy. It's in the private place, in your altar, your prayer time that you deal with the person, not publicly. Let's go to Esther chapter, four, chapter 5. Esther chapter 5. Esther chapter 5. So when you say be socially intelligent, to be socially intelligent is to reduce your enemies and increase your allies. It's to reduce your enemies and increase your allies in life and in the marketplace. Esther chapter 5 verse 4. Esther chapter 5 and verse 4. We'll be reading verse 4 to 5 then we'll jump to verse 12. Now you know the background story. A man by the name of Amon wanted to kill the Jews. And Esther was a Jew. Esther knew that Amon is the one behind this plan. But look at what happened. The Bible says after she had done something, she had prayed, you know, went to the king. When she appeared before the king, she had favor. And the king said, what do you want? Even if it were half of my kingdom, I will give it to you. The Bible says, and Esther answered, if it seemed good unto the king, I want everybody to be looking at the scripture. If it looked good unto the king, let the king and what? The king and who? Come where? This day unto where? The banquet they have prepared. This person wants to kill you and your descendants. But you say you are inviting him to banquet. At times the best way to kill your enemy is to feed him. It's wisdom. The Bible says that the king said, cause a man to make haste. He should be, <laughs> not knowing that they were <laughs> was making haste to his death. He says that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and a man came to the what? To the banquet that Esther had prepared. Now jump to verse 12. Because after then, Esther still didn't see anything. You know what she was doing? She was making the opposition weak. Through social intelligence. <laughs> the Bible says, Amen said, moreover, yes, Esther the queen did not let any man. So they went for the banquet twice. So she went home and gisted her family members. She called, he called all his friends and the wife. He said, Esther the queen did not let any man come in with the king go to the banquet that she had prepared, but myself. 
and tomorrow I am invited unto her also with the king. The fattening of the chicken is for the day of slaughter. Esther, you see, if Esther had gone to the, you know, to the gates, I've told us what gates mean in the scriptures. If she had gone to the courtroom and said, King, he wants to kill us, he wants to kill us, they would have bundled her out. Because a man, right, was next to the king. A man literally could manipulate the king. A man had already made the king to make into a law what the king should not even have thought of. And the king removed his ring and endorsed it. But you know what she did? She made the king relax. She made the man relax. That every of his strategic thinking was suspended. Until she took him out. I don't have the time so we can't see the end of the story. I want us to see another person that did this. Elisha was an anointed man of God. We'll see what he did. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. We'll read verse 15 to 23. This might be somebody's deliverance this morning. All this idea of not greeting people. Hey, this person, I know this person does not like me. If they don't like you, like them. Second <laughs> um, Kings 6 verse 15. Are we ready? The Bible says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, fear not. You see, people who have social intelligence, they know how to calm down. They know what to do. He says, fear not. For they that be with us are more than those that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite these people that have come to take me. Right, arrest me. I pray thee with blindness. And the Bible says, God smote the soldiers with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, next verse, the Bible says, And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, since they can't see anymore. So they were only following his directives. He said, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, when they were come unto Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of this man that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria, in the city center, where they can't escape anymore. <laughs> and the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? You see what happened there? The king had a spiritual covering. My father. We'll talk about that some other time. He said, shall I smite them? And he answered, thou shalt not smite them. Why will you smite those that have been taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them. Did you see that? <laughs> Set what? Bread and water before them. That they may eat and drink and go to their master. And they prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and what? Drunk. He sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of, well, let's read that last phrase together, want to go? So the bands of Syria, what? Came no more into the land of Israel. They won a battle with bread and wine. Not with sword. Social intelligence. So the king of Syria, why are we fighting these people again? It is foolish to make enemies through life. Oh, so some of us you say one, you say ten. Say, ah, I'm not a child that goes home to receive response. You give me now, I give you what ought. Drop it as his ought. How has that helped you? How far have you come? 
To be socially intelligent is to increase your allies and to reduce your enemies. See, you have to be strategic in relating with people. Even for God to save man, I've told us this several times, for the opting time, let me repeat it. He had to come in form of what? A man. Nothing happens on the heart without a man. Even when God moves supernaturally, a man has to bring him on the scene in the place of prayers for him to move. God doesn't interfere in the affairs of men. Why? Because he says in his word, Psalms 115, I think, verse 16. The Bible says, the heaven, even the heavens is the Lord's. And the earth he has given to the sons of men. So anything that happens on the earth from this day forward is going to be determined by man. It's going to be determined by man. It's going to be determined by man. Proverbs 31 and verse 23. The Bible talks about the husband of the virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 and verse 3. Let's look at it. Proverbs 31 and verse 23. Proverbs 31 and verse 23. 23, not 1. 23. The Bible says her husband is known in the gate. Where he does what? Sits among the elders of the land. He sits among the elders. Who you are sitting with matters. Who are you hanging around? It matters who you are hanging around because the people you hang around will determine where you end up in life. If you are going to end up in the gates, the gate is not physical gate like I already told us for those who are hearing it for the first time. The gate in Bible parlance simply means where policies are made. It talks about power structures. It's like saying the house of assembly or the senate. But you know what? He doesn't just sit in the gate. He looks for the elders in the gates and he sat with them. I've never had friends in my age brackets. Never. Never. I only have one out of all my friends. Only have one. And his results does not even show that he's younger than me. Any of us, you associate, you make useless associations through life. It's obvious you are not strategic with your life. The Bible says he sits among the elders. Who are you sitting with? No future ambitions and FAs, mockers, critics. How do you come to church? The people you are sitting with, messages going on, you are analyzing what is going on in the church. Did you come to church or to church? You say, Wow, Pastor Star is matching with his suit. It's even match. I don't know. I shall watch something. Praise God. Don't bother myself with much of those things. Analyzing people. That's the dress you wore two weeks ago. Doesn't she have another dress? Those are the people you are sitting with. Those are the people you are sitting with. After service, instead of meditating on the word that you had, you go on for the next two, three hours. You open your spirit to the demons of the air to take the word away by discussing people. By discussing people. Ah, why did she Sasha they sing off key today? There's no Shade in Elaine Brook, so I'm not talking to anybody. Why did she sing off key today? And I hope nobody sang off key. <laughs> I celebrate Elaine Brooks. <laughs> ah, why did she sing off key today? I don't know why they even gave her the mic. Is that what you came to church to see? Pay attention to the conversations of the people you sit with. That conversation is either driving you forward or dragging you backwards, but it's not leaving you neutral. It's not. There are certain relationships you need to pay attention to. Necessary alliances for breaking into power circles. Number one, relate to people who are deeply spiritual. All your friends cannot be carnal. And you want to rise? All your friends cannot be what? Carnal. 
There, you must surround yourself with people that even when you feel weak spiritually, there are people you can go to and say, you know what, let us pray together. When Esther was going to go before the king, the Bible told us she didn't pray alone. She sent a message to Mordecai and told the large number of the Jews to fast and pray with her. You and your friends, you never pray together. Is that now a man you, you always talk about? You don't have friends that you say, you know what, guy, this year, our families must change you. Let's tell our wives, every third Sunday of the month, we are going to meet together and pray for four hours. You don't have friends like that. The only friends you have are friends that will tell you, ah, you, you don't see this new club for GRE. Oh, my, maybe we fall in, maybe we fall in, maybe we fall in. And destiny is falling apart. When Daniel was going to go before, you see, the king was going to kill everybody except they tell him his dream and the interpretation. How did Daniel get the revelation? He went to his friends. I said, you know what? The king is going to kill us and every other person. If we don't find out, who tells a man's dream when you are not a dreamer? The Bible says, Daniel went to his friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, let us pray to the God, the revealer of secrets. And God revealed it. Who are your friends? If you are going to break into power circles, you need friends like that. You need friends. You see, the reason why people fizzle out when they get to the top is because they don't have people that are spiritual support structures. Number two, relationship you need for breaking into power circles is those who are agenda conscious. Not just who are just living life for survival. People who are agenda conscious. Every one of you know where you are going. You know that in the next 10 years, I want to take over this industry. You want to take over this industry. Ask yourself, those relationships, are they present in your life? Or how your friends, is about Ashwebi? Is about Ashwebi? That's the only thing you talk about. How to buy the latest phone. September is coming now. They are bringing out another iPhone 13. They know you don't have plans for your life. So they are planning your money for you. So you must use the latest phone. Use the latest. Everything has to be latest, latest, latest. Are those your friends? You must ask people in your life that are agenda conscious. People will say, you see, somebody, the banks you are using, some people started it. They were not born with those banks. And some of those top banks, I heard the very from a very reliable source that in the early 90s, there were four guys, they were in training school, and they asked them, said, Why are you here? They said, We are bankers in training. We are not here as employees, we are bankers in training. Some of the four top banks now in Nigeria. Those guys had an agenda. One of them is GCB. So you know what? We are here as bankers in training. Are your friends? Are you who are your friends? You don't have to be in the same field, but they must be agenda conscious. Must be agenda conscious. I don't hang around useless people. It's not an insult, but there are people that they are not useful to you. You're either useful or you are useless. There's no middle ground. You're telling me about how one cock crossed the, uh, crossed the road and got hit by a bull. What's that one? Some people you see that in Z world you are talking about. Z world, Z world, Z world. Telemundo. The third alliance you need for breaking into power is a purposeful and strong spouse. A purposeful and what? And single. If you are single in this house, you are blessed for hearing this. 
See, many people in this age, especially when you get to a particular age where you are getting older, it's, ah, ah, you know, my biological clock is ticking, I must marry. It's better to wait long than marry long. Your destiny is at the mercy of your spouse. There are heights you will never rise to in life if you don't marry the right person. There are people you marry, you see, avoid needy people. Nobody rises in life where if they marry a needy spouse. People are always complaining. You are always working. You don't have time for me. People who are attention sick. I gave us the illustration of the only of worry. 90 days. How many women can do that? I know how bad it is on the coronation day. How many women can do that? And it's not only women. Some men too are attention sick. It's not only women. And you have not called me since morning. Oh, Nisheni. Don't you have work? Must be calling you. Are you in the hospital? That they have to be checking you on every hour. I called you two hours ago. Hey, that's two hours ago now. You didn't call me during your lunch break. Do you need to go for lunch break? How will you even focus on work? Do you want to die in penury? The guy can't even focus on work. Because every 30, 30 minutes, you have something, you have, uh, petrol has finished, oil has finished from the floor. <sighs> See, singles, don't just marry for the purpose of marrying. Be strategic in your spousal decision. Or in the selection of the spouse. I, say, I, I want to marry. I want to leave the single market. Which market? <laughs> Where is it located? And at times when I see reasons why people want to marry, I already know that they will need counseling. I know. It's only a matter of, I know. If your spouse is laid back, let me tell you this. Uh, you have to be stronger. You must have the energy of two human beings. Or else, there is no future for you in power circles. That's just the truth. It's not that you will not survive. Oh. You will survive. You can buy, you can buy car. But let me tell you this. As an assignment for us in this house, we are not just raising people that will survive through life. We are raising people that in the next 10-20 years, that are the people that will be controlling sectors. They will take over the kingdoms of this world for the kingdom of our God. And if you know that you want to be part of that movement, you can't just afford to marry anyhow. How do you want to marry her? She's fine. That's all. Even the, demon, the demons are fine. You don't know Satan is fine. Study the Bible. The morning star. That's part of it. Satan, if you see Satan, forget that comic book. You will fall in love. It's not all these two ones and long tail. No, Satan is... His, 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 his handsomeness is pretty. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> He's a pretty fine boy. <laughs> oh dear Lord Jesus. A purposeful and strong spouse is a requisite. Next are mentors. 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 There are two types of mentorship. Accidental mentorship. These are the people mentoring you without your awareness. There are plenty on social media. You are following them. So, when you wear some things, we know who is mentoring you. When you talk in certain way, we know who is mentoring you. It's accidental mentor. You don't even know, but they are mentoring you. The second type is purposeful and strategic mentorship. That is, you have identified where you want to go in life. Right? And you find out the people that can take you there and you consciously develop a relationship with them, not as a parasite, but as a value adder. 
Mentorship is not sponsorship. Do I need to say that again? Mentorship is not sponsorship. If you look for what is in the hand of a mentor, you have lost it. Because it is what is in their mind that produces what is in their hand. If you can find out what is in the mind, you will get what is in the hand. But if you go after what is in the mind, you, and you will get it and not get anything else. You look at someone like Daniel. How did Daniel break into power circles in Babylon? Because of a man by the name of Ashpinas. It was Ashpinas that Daniel told and said, you know what? We don't want to king the, eat the king's meat. He said, just try us. And Ashpinas said, ah, if the king finds out my head is at stake, oh, he's going to kill me. That's a mentor. Someone says, you know what? I believe in you. I don't, no, 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 don't worry. Just, let's, let's see how this, goes, this is going to work out. Bite the bullet. Put your feet to the fire. Try it. Let's see what, would, what will happen. As a mentor. A mentor is not somebody who counsels you. A mentor is someone whose counsel you receive as an instruction. There are too many counselors on, in, in town. Too many counselors. That's why a true mentor does not throw his words around anyhow. A true mentor only spends time with the people that we value his words or our words. Mentors. Mentors are necessary. You, see, you look at someone like Peter. When Jesus was at the judgment hall before he was crucified, the Bible says there was a disciple who was in the power circle who had to come out to bring Peter in. As much as Peter had been following Jesus for all these years, he could not enter the judgment seat. He didn't have the access. It was a disciple that came out. It was another disciple that went to Pilate and said, you know what? My savior is dead. I need his body. I said, is he dead? The Bible says he demanded. He didn't beg for it. He demanded for it. Even Jesus was strategic in the relationships he chose. The Bible says when he was going to choose his 12 disciples, the Bible says after he had prayed all night, he chose those that he would. They didn't come into his life accidentally. They were not the ones that said, we want to be your disciple, we want to be your disciple. No, Jesus chose them. He was deliberate. You can be my disciple, you cannot be my disciple. No, 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 no. And if you are going to have these relationships in your life, you have to be deliberate in cultivating them. These relationships don't walk into your life accidentally. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You have to cultivate them. You have to cultivate them. You have to be strategic in cultivating this relationship. You see, make it a goal that before the end of this year, you are going to start and cultivate a relationship with a power broker in your industry. Make it a goal. Make it a goal. Make it a go. Let me tell you, there are power brokers everywhere. In every industry, there are people that have voices in that place. Make it a go that one of them, you will have access to them. Make it a go. I remember he, um, he listening to John Maxwell, the top leadership consultant globally. Right? He said there was a particular time they had a deadline. And one of the staff worked overnight and you know, he couldn't meet up. So when he resumed work, you know, the guy was trying to carry so many files and ran past him. He said he called him back. He said, you didn't greet me. He said, because I'm trying to meet up with the deadline. He said, I am the deadline. You are trying to meet up with the deadline. The person that gave you the deadline, you didn't greet him. He said, greet me, I'm the deadline. Greeting is not a native of Africa. It's social intelligence. To cultivate this relationship, you have to faithfully serve people in power, in power circles. Look for somebody to serve. We live in a generation of the proud. People who don't want to submit to it. Everybody knows what they are doing. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm not, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you really, you know what you are doing. That's why you are seeing where you are. We can really see that you know what you are doing. You are that smart. Look for somebody to serve. How did David rise? 
He served. He served Saul. How did Joseph rise in Egypt? He served his father. That's how they sold him into slavery. His father sent him on an errand. Go and check your brothers. He got to Potiphar's house. He served. And Potiphar committed everything into his hands. He got into the prison again. He served. The prison warden committed the whole prison to him. And there was no jailbreak. He kept serving. He kept serving. Maybe by Wednesday I will talk more about that. Next is the giving of gifts. <laughs> Let me tell you this. <laughs> if you are not a gift giver, the doors of power circles will be forever closed against you. Write that down and never forget it. Write that down. The Bible says the gift of a man makes room for him. He didn't talk about talent. It's not talent. It's gift. Not, not dancing. Because people have copied that scripture, the gift of a man. Ah, yes, I can dance now. Huh? I can do break dance. It's not that. The gift. Things, you see, some things must go ahead of you before you meet certain people. The Yorubas will say, Entoba Domitutu. If you pour water ahead, you will step on wet ground. Stop stepping on dry ground. Pour water ahead of yourself. And let me tell you this. In Pastor, you can't say, I don't have. You must have. If you don't have, you look for it. Because that's the only key. You know why? In power circles, everybody that comes around power brokers, they come to take from them. So when you show up and you give, it puts you ahead of every other person. Above every other person. If 100 people are trying to see them, you will be number one or number two. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the giving is not something that we happen once. It must be consistent. You can see now it's getting more difficult, right? That's why a lot of people don't rise there. You can't say, I don't have... Even God, and you can't go to a power broker and be talking about your needs. I want to pay my children's school fees. I don't have recharge card. The moment you start that, that door will shut against you. Go and study history. Go and study the Bible. You don't go with your needs. You go with seeds. It might be small, but go with something. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You look at someone like Jacob. Jacob did not even know that the prime minister of Egypt was his son. Yet he sent gifts. When they were going to buy food from Egypt, he said, gift to the prime minister because it was already his culture. It was already in his nature. It was already part of his life. The day he was going to meet his brother, Esau, the Bible says he divided everything he had into four and was sending gifts ahead. Esau met the first one and said, ah, ah, wow, thank you. He met another one and said, ah, what is it? Even if he had a plan to kill him, that plan will die because of the gift that have gone ahead. No, maybe you are trying to meet him. I've been calling them. I've been calling them. They're not picking, they are not picking my call. Do you know how many people are calling them? Do you know how many people are sending text messages? Do something every other person will not do. Send the gift. A meaningful gift, that is. Don't send water bottle to an elderly person. Even if it is branded, it's a useless gift. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you things you will normally not hear in church. But these are reasons why a lot of believers are grounded in life. They just pray, pray, God, open door, open door, open door. Your gift can also open doors. After you have prayed, send something ahead. And let me tell you this. You can be so strategic. One of the wisdom God gave me. At times you send gifts without showing up. You send multiple gifts. The day you place a demand, sir, I want to see you. Oh, when do you want to see me? Why not? Come, 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 come. 
And now the one that will be saying, ah, okay. <laughs> but why you don't say, they will tell you, ah, you know, this week, um, maybe, but in two months' time, I should be free. Let me tell you, if your gift goes ahead of you, even if it is three midnight, they will have time for you. We have time for you. Even you say, okay, don't worry, uh, let's see by 12. Can you move in the night? Can you move in the night? Is that okay? We say, ah, okay, destiny, Lily. I'm okay, I can move anytime. Once you have a good car. Uh, so yeah, Fulani. Am I the one Fulani as men are looking for? I've been in meetings sometimes that I get home to 30 a.m., 3 a.m. But the things I got in those meetings, you can't hear it publicly. Because you are not a child. I don't have any coffee. Nobody is checking time for me. You have not got seen Omo. So many of those meetings, I go with my wife. As I'm hearing it, you also be hearing it. So the things that have happened to her in our industry is not by fluke, it's not just prayer. It's things she had in some meetings we go for. Somebody hear what I'm saying? You send gift ahead. The gift of a man makes room, makes room, makes room. Not the begging, not the request. Don't go into power circles and be begging. Your need may be valid, but that's not the language of access. When Joseph showed up before Pharaoh, he didn't say, ah, Pharaoh, if you know what I went through in my father's house, you know they jailed me, oh. They jailed me. I didn't do anything, you know. They said I raped. I wanted to rape. <laughs> Pharaoh, can you imagine? He never had that conversation with Pharaoh. Go and study the Bible. Your past is your past. Don't belabor others with it. You say, I have gone through this. So, Pharaoh, you don't understand. But I thank God. So God has lifted me. They will begin to wonder, did we lift the wrong person? This morning, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for access. In your industry, in your field of play, I've got to give you access. I've got to give you access. This is not a gentle prayer. This is not a prayer you pray under your breath. I've got to give you access. Ask him to